Thank you for supporting Jordan Clay Ministries. Man, I just feel a weight in this room tonight. If you'll go ahead and turn to Ruth chapter 2. Ruth chapter 2. Uh, first off, I want to give honor to, um, to pastors Darren and Christy um, as the father and mother of this house. And the, the pastors of this house. So yes. I say I honor you. I thank you. Uh, Amen. Pastor Aaron, I thank you for the soccer team. Uh, whatsoever. Um, secondly, I want to give honor to my beautiful bride. Um, if it wasn't for her, I probably wouldn't be here right now. She she supports me. She pushes me. Uh, even when I don't want her to. She corrects me even when I don't want her to. But need it. <coughs> so baby, I thank you and I love you. Um, I know Pastor Darren preached out of Ruth Sunday. Um, but in the revelation from uh, St. Etienne, if I say anything, he's already said he's a robber and a thief. So, uh, um, Father, I just thank you. I thank you for, for what you've already done in this place tonight. Father, I pray right now you just use me as a vessel. Father, pour me out right now. And let everything I say be pleasing to you. In Jesus' name, amen. So, Ruth chapter 2. There was a relative of Naomi's husband, a man of great wealth of the family of Elimelech. His name was Boaz. So, Ruth the Moabitess said to Naomi, Please let me go to the field and glean heads of grain after him, in whose sight I might find favor. And she said to her, Go, my daughter. Then she left and went and gleaned in the field after the reapers. And she happened to come to the part of the field belonging to Boaz, who was of the family of Elimelech. Now behold, Boaz came from Bethlehem and said to the reapers, The Lord be with you. And they answered him, The Lord bless you. Then Boaz said to his servant, Who was in charge of the reapers? Whose young woman is this? So the servant who was in charge of the reapers answered and said, It is the young Moabite woman who came back with Naomi from the country of Moab. And she said, Please let me glean and gather after the reapers among the sheaves. So she came and has, <coughs> and has continued from morning until now, though she rested a little in the house. Then Boaz said to Ruth, You will listen, my daughter, will you not? Do not... Go to glean in any other field, nor go from here, but stay close by my young women. Let your eyes be on the field which they reap, and go after them. Have I not commanded the young men not to touch you? And when you are thirsty, go to the vessels and drink from what the young men have drawn. So she fell on her face, bowed down to the ground, and said to him, Why have I found favor in your eyes that you should take notice of me, since I am a foreigner? And Boaz answered and said to her, it has been fully reported to me all that you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband and how you have left your father and your mother in, in the land of your birth and have come to a people whom you did not know before the Lord. The Lord repay your work and a full reward be given you by the Lord God of Israel under whose wings you have come 
for refuge. Then she said, Let me find favor in your sight, my Lord, for you have comforted me and have spoken kindly to your maidservant, though I am not like one of your maidservants. Now Boaz said to her, Mealtime, come here and eat of the bread and dip your piece of bread in the vinegar. So she sat beside the reapers and he passed parched grain to her and she ate and was satisfied and kept some back. And when she rose to rose up to glean, Boaz commanded his young men, saying, Let her glean even among the sheaves, and do not reproach her. <coughs> also, let grain from the bundles fall purposely for her. Leave it that she may glean, and do not rebuke her. So she gleaned in the field until evening, and beat out what she had gleaned, and it was about an ephah of barley. Then she took it up and went into the city, and her mother-in-law saw that she had gleaned so she brought out and gave to her what she had kept back after she had been satisfied. And her mother-in-law said to her, Where have you gleaned today? And where did you work? Blessed be the one who took notice of you. So she told her mother-in-law with whom she had worked and said, The man's name with whom I work today is Boaz. So, Pastor Darren preached Sunday in Ruth from the aspect of Naomi and the mother. And then he gets up here tonight and not only says his relationship, but what kind of relationship. So I want to come to you tonight in the aspect of Ruth as a bride. So we see, we see Ruth gleaning in a field. She has nothing to, in that time, if you were poor, if you didn't have much, you would, on the outside of the field, pick up and harvest whatever the harvesters had left over or whatever they dropped, the leftovers, the scraps, what they didn't want. And then in verse 5 it says, Ruth, or Boaz noticed Ruth, so Ruth catches his eye. That's right. That tells her that she wasn't hard to look at. Because I mean, out of all the women he had, he catches her eye. See, when you're in alignment with the harvest, when you're in alignment with God, he'll bring your sauce to As Pastor Darren said, Boaz will come looking for you. Quit seeking after a spouse and seek after the king. See, and who God brings to you, you will know by his fruit. See, he didn't come to her and use some cheesy pickup line. He didn't, you know, he didn't try to get her number and he didn't try to hook up with her. He came to her and said, don't glean on the outside anymore. Come to the center. Don't pick up straps anymore. Actually, my workers, don't refuse her. Don't rebuke her. If you're thirsty, come to the vessel and drink. <clears throat> See, the spouse that God has for you will lift you up and support you and guide you and be there for you. Your boyfriend or girlfriend should be your prayer partner, not your sex partner. See, see the only way you can that you should do is to be praying over you, not to get down in your pants. Bring it to order, Jordan. Jordan, bring it to order.
on this because I, I didn't plan to go off on this one this much. But see, when you're in sexual perversion, it'll cause you to be attracted to something you never would have. You've been living in a place of righteousness. Ahab should have never been attracted to Jezebel. She was nasty. She was foul. That's right. That's right. That's See, if they love you, if they respect you, if he loves you, if he respects you, he'll pray for you. He'll listen to him pray. He'll be there with nobody else will. That's right. His pursuit will be 100% after God. And I don't know who I'm talking to tonight. <clears throat> See, we get caught up. We look for the for the hottest one or the most popular one. Men, we look for the girl with everything hanging out, with the thong hanging out. But we miss the girl who's laid up in the altar, speaking in a heavenly language, declaring the unknown of God. Yeah, yeah. Women, you miss. The men who were who were praying over and who were decreeing and declaring and taking a stand for what they believe. You're too busy looking at shirtless dudes on Instagram. But it's not just for guys; it's both ways. It goes both ways. Again, same chant. Keep your zipper up. We're single and married. All right, so Ruth meets Boaz, and then <clears throat> we see later in Ruth that Boaz ends up marrying her. So we see because of Ruth's dedication to Naomi, because of her relationship with Naomi, she then in turn is in alignment, meets her spouse, and now is in relationship and covenant with Boaz. She goes from being a gleaner of the fields, just, you know, a poor lady just getting distracted, to owning everything in the field. Not just the grain, she owned the workers, she owned, she owned the bags that the grain went in, she owned the, the jars that the water went in, she owned the vessels, she owned everything. Because of relationship. God is wanting to grant you access to your anointing and purpose, but you have an established relationship. You have an established instrument. You know what God has called you to. You know what you're supposed to walk in. But for some reason, you find yourself too busy. You know, I couldn't read, but I got this going on. You're praying for gifts and seasons that you legally don't have the right to walk in because you have no relationship. See, I can't walk in healing until I'm in the healing. I can't walk in deliverance until I'm in the deliverance. I can't walk in love until I know who our Father is. <clears throat> but we get so tied up, we get so consumed with our daily lives that the most important thing of our Christian walk we put aside. 
Because without relationship, there's nothing. We put so much emphasis on the outward expression, but we neglect the relationship. You can have the outward expression, not have the relationship, and still go to hell. The Bible says, for they will prophesy and cast out demons in my name, but I know you do And I know somebody who loves to quote that verse and they claim they're a Christian, but they have no relationship. They like to use it and claim it about, about certain leaders that they don't like in certain churches and church people they don't like. <laughs> if they only knew. <clears throat> You're praying for doors to open, but the keys... For those doors are only granted through intimacy. See, David established a relationship with the Father in the pasture which granted him victory in the battlefield. See, because of relationship, David knew before going against the lion, he already had the victory. He knew, he knew who his daddy was. He knew who fought for him. See, his brothers doubted him. Everyone else doubted him. But what they didn't know is he established something that they didn't have. David knew how to seek after God. <clears throat> Psalms 24. The earth is the Lord's in, its, in all its fullness, the world and those who dwell therein. For he has founded it upon the seas and established it upon the waters. Who may ascend into the hill of the Lord or may stand in his holy place? He who has a clean hands and a pure heart, who has not lifted up his soul to an idol nor sworn deceitfully, he shall receive blessing from the Lord and righteousness from God of his salvation. This is Jacob, the generation of those who seek him, who seek your face. Lift up your heads, O you gates, and be lifted up, everlasting doors, and the king of glory shall come in. For who is this king of glory? The Lord strong and mighty. The Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O gates. Lift up your everlasting doors and the king of glory shall come in. Who is this king of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is the king of glory. <coughs> Psalm chapter 25. To you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. My God, I trust in you. Let me not be ashamed. Let not my enemies triumph over me. Indeed, let no one who waits... On you be ashamed. Let those be ashamed who deal treacherously without cause. Show me your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Lead me in your truths and teach me. For you are the God of my salvation. On you I wait all the day. Psalm chapter 27. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is my strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked came against me to eat up my flesh, my enemies and my foes, they stumbled and fell. Though an army may camp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war may rise against me, in this I will be confident. One thing I have desired of the Lord that I will seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret place of his tabernacle, he shall hide me. He shall set me high upon a rock, and now my head shall be lifted up above my enemies all around me. Therefore, I will offer sacrifices of joy in his tabernacle. I will sing, yes, I will sing praises to the Lord. Hear, O Lord, when I cry. 
with my voice. Have mercy also upon me and answer me. When you said, seek my face, my heart said to you, your face, Lord, I will seek. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You have been my help. Do not leave me nor forsake me, O God of my salvation. When my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take care of me. Teach me your way, O Lord, and lead me in a smooth place because my enemies do not deliver me to the will of my adversaries. For false witnesses have risen against me, and such as uh, breathe out violence, I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say. On the Lord. David knew how to seek after the presence of God. David knew how to seek after the face of God. David knew how to worship after the face of God, even when all hell was coming against him. (coughs) David knew how to be hidden. See, we want to try to get seen, we want to try to be known leaders. You know, we want to have the biggest church, the nicest things. But what David knew. That most of us don't understand or don't realize is there's power in the hidden place. That's right. See, my power doesn't come from this pulpit. My power doesn't come from Pastor Darren. My power doesn't come from any degree I could get. My power doesn't come from an ordination or a license. My power comes from being on my knees in the secret place, praying and seeking after the face of God. See, I didn't get up here because I have influence. I got up here because I have sought after God. And whoever stands up here isn't up here because they preach good or they know what to say to get you riled up. They know what song to sing to get you riled up. They're up here because they have sought after the things of the Lord. They have hidden themselves in the secret place and they said, Lord, your face oh shall I see. You want to go deeper? Get in the hidden place. That's right. Yes. 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 David longed to worship God. God, David couldn't. See, David could have used Saul's armor. And I'll challenge your thinking theology. I believe he would have won. But because David knew who he was, he knew. That what he had, nothing in the world could touch it. Nothing that the system could offer could even come close to his identity, to his relationship. And I believe another thing we can learn from David and Goliath is <clears throat> David could have easily taken saw sword, or yeah, taken saw sword and armor. And with God on the side, I believe he could have cut off Goliath's head. But see, I believe God was trying to teach us the key in that we spend a lot of time trying to fight things hand to hand and, and try to do stuff on our own when we should be sending aerial attacks. That's right. See, we have authority. Yes. God created the archangels for a reason. Let them do their job. That's right. Yeah. See. Jesus spoke concerning Lazarus. And when he got there, Lazarus was dead, but he had already sent his word. That's right. There's stuff that, you know, people text me about praying and, and different stuff and different battles. I don't need to be there. I can send forth the word. That's right. Amen. Yes, yes, yes. 
That's why when somebody texts you or calls you and asks you to pray for them, you don't go, okay, and put the phone down and, and keep going. That's right. Come on, Jordan. Because I can guarantee if your prayer is supposed to unlock something for them and it's supposed to minister to them and you don't do it, you're not obedient. Disobedience is sin, and I believe their situation, whatever they're going through, their blood, that, that stronghold is going to be placed on your hand, especially the leaders. <coughs> We're accountable for those who are under us. When we look at David, he was he was a great king. But how did David keep the kingdom that Saul did? I mean, when we look at it, because us Americans, we like to judge sin. So when you look at it, Saul disobeyed. It was unrepentant and lost the kingdom. Which, when you look at it and compare it, to David, David, A, in a time of war as a king, should have been in war, not sitting at his house. So he, A, he wasn't being the leader he was supposed to be being. Secondly, he committed adultery, probably rape. It doesn't say Bathsheba wanted him. It says he saw Bathsheba and brought her to him. And then killed Bathsheba's husband committed murder but then it's called a man after God's heart <coughs> that doesn't make sense to me the American Christ, Christian thinking that doesn't make sense you know all Saul did was disobey Psalm chapter 51 have mercy upon me O God according to your loving kindness according to the multitude of your tender mercies. Blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my sin and cleanse me from my iniquity. For I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is always before me. Against you, you only have I sinned and done this evil in your sight that you may be found just when you speak and blameless when you judge. Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity and in my sin, my mother conceive me. Behold, you desire truth in the inward parts, and in the hidden part you will make me to know wisdom. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me hear joy and gladness, that the bones you have broken may rejoice. Hide your face from my sins, and blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart of God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence, and do not take your Holy Spirit, from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me by your generous spirit. Then I will teach transgressors your ways and sinners shall be converted to you. Deliver me from the guilt of bloodshed, O God, the God of my salvation. My tongue shall sing along of your righteousness. O Lord, open my lips and my mouth shall show forth your praise. For you do not desire sacrifice or else I would give it. You do not delight in bird offering. The sacrifices of God are in birth and spirit. A broken and contrite heart, these, O oh God, you will not despise. Do good in your good pleasure to Zion. Build the walls of Jerusalem. <coughs> then you shall be pleased with the sacrifices of righteousness, with burnt offerings and whole burnt offerings. Then they shall offer bulls on your altar. 
See, David had a revelation because of relationship of the cross. See, Saul lost the kingdom because he, he, a, he didn't have relationship. Therefore, he didn't know. He didn't have the repentive heart. See, we all mess up. We all have sin and fallen short. But David cried out. David knew he messed up. Created me a clean heart of God. That's right. Because of relationship. Because he didn't want to lose presence. Because he didn't want to lose the Holy Spirit. He was able to repent. And then because a God after or a man after God's own heart. After rape, murder. See, it was David's devotion that originally caused him persecution. I'm sorry, it was Daniel's devotion that caused him persecution, but it was also his relationship that delivered him from the lion's den. And because of his relationship, the king who mocked him ended up declaring Daniel's God is God of the earth. See, when we look at Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, it was religion that caused them to be tossed into the furnace. But because of their relationship, they went into the furnace and came out unharmed and didn't even smell like smoke. And because of their relationship, they were promoted by the king who had originally persecuted them for their faith. Stephen Furtick says, what's coming against me is only training for what God has, where God is taking me. Relationship means everything to the Father. <clears throat> That's why he sent his son to die for us. See, Adam walked with God in the pool of the day, which is not a time of the day, it's when God came down. And had direct relationship with Adam. And then because of Adam's sin, we lose that. And that's why God says, when God comes back, he says, Adam, where are you? That's right. And we think, well, God knew where Adam was. I mean, he didn't have to look for him. Yeah, but if you read, God created Adam in his own image. That's right. Without sin, Adam was... God looking in the mirror. So when he looked down on earth, he, it's not that he didn't see Adam. He didn't see himself anymore. That's right. <coughs> see, he was, he was walking. He was having relations, talking with, him, with himself. But we lost that in, in the fall of man, in the, in the sin. But because the Father values that face to face, the Father values the cool of the day. He sent his son to die for us. See, we don't have to go to a priest anymore. I don't have to go to a father, say ten Hail Marys, and pay a fee and get absolved of all my sins. I go directly to him. See, I don't have to sacrifice animals anymore. I offer up myself as a sacrifice on the altar. See, God is the only God I know that actually draws us to Him. 
See, because we're spiritually dead before we become Christians. So we wouldn't even come to him unless he first drew us to him. (coughs) See, even when I was a depressed, suicidal, angry, porn addict who hated everyone, didn't want to live, he drew himself to me. That's right, yeah. Because he valued that relationship. Yeah. I'm preaching better than y'all letting on. What does your relationship with him look like? That's what Pastor Darren said. What kind of relationship do you have? See, we are called the bride of Christ. And I know it's about to get quiet. Revelation talks about two kinds of relationships. And some of you already know where I'm going with this one. Talks about a bride and a whore. And yes, King James Version, W-H-O-R-E, whore. That's not the message. That's not the NIV. I had somebody try to call me on that one saying, the Bible doesn't say that. Some religious person. <laughs> See, <coughs> a whore shows up twice a week, throws some money in the plate, and expects access, expects relationship. Expects commitment. But there's no intimacy. And I can say that because that used to be me. I'll even say I used to be a cheap pork because most of the time I wouldn't even throw anything in the plate. Come on, Jordan. Come on, baby. Even after being called to ministry. I was going to be real with you. I wanted this, but didn't have that. That's right. I wanted what I'm doing now, but wouldn't take time to lay on my face to get before my kids. Use me, I give myself away. I mm, so could I my my mouth. See, a bride, there's, there's a covenant established. There's relationship. That's right. It's not just a what nor a street. Bride says, I'm with you day and night. I'm with you in the good times and bad. I'm not just with you when it's convenient for me. I'm not just with you when things are going good. But I'm with you in the hard times. I'm with you when nobody else is standing behind me. I'm with you when my family doesn't support me. I'm with you when my when stuff at work is not going my way. I'm with you when my boss is against me. I'm I'm with you when when everybody says it, it, there's no hope. When it looks like despair, I'm with you. Is your relationship with God a bride status? And, and I'm trying to be serious, I promise. But God gave me this, so I'm going to say it. If you had to update your Facebook relationship status to mirror your relationship with God, what would it say? Would it say married? Would it say open? 
do you come and go as you please and pick them up when you want to, put them down when you want to. Pick them up on Sundays, put them down during the rest of the week. Pick them up some Wednesdays when you decide to come because it's convenient for you. Is it complicated? Well, I would serve him. I would, but this. I would, but that. I would serve, but I know this isn't on there, but God gave it to me. Are you a swinger? Yes, I see. <coughs> I see people go from church to church. Like every month they got a new church. They go from denomination to denomination. One minute they're spirit-filled, one minute they're traditional, one minute they're contemporary. One minute they're Mormon, one minute they're Catholic, one minute they're Methodist. Or are you separated? Because for a long time, even after we were dating, even after being called to ministry, I thought I was good. I thought I could come to church once, twice a week, come here during the during the week, during the day. Sometimes, <coughs> excuse me, sometimes and serve. And, you know, that would be good. But I found out the hard way I was separated. See, I, I was trying to walk in this calling and this anointing, but I hadn't, I had no relationship. I wanted to be used in this way, but I hadn't established my bride status. So I know this is kind of a funny question, but what Facebook status update describes your relationship with God? Luke chapter 22, <coughs> verse 54. Having arrested him, they led him and brought him into the high priest's house, but Peter followed at a distance. Now when they had kindled a fire in the midst of the courtyard and sat down together, Peter said among them, and a certain servant girl seeing him, as he sat by the fire, looked in intently at him and said, this man was also with him. But he denied him saying, woman, I do not know him. <coughs> and after a little while, another saw him and asked, you are also one of them. But Peter said, man, I am not. Then about after about an hour had passed, another confidently Affirmed, saying, Surely this fellow also was with him, for he is a Galilean. But Peter said, Man, I do not know what you are saying. Immediately while he was still speaking, the rooster crowed. And Peter, and the Lord turned and looked at Peter. Then Peter remembered the word of the Lord, how he had said to him, Before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. So Peter went out and wept bitterly. How many of us find ourselves following at a distance? Come on. Jesus had just poured himself out for, for three years. Peter had seen the miracles. He had seen the persecution. He had seen the storms. Peter had walked on water. 
And when it counted the most, when it was the most costly, Peter followed at a distance and he denied the very one that he had been following, that he dropped everything for. Follow me, dropped everything. Dropped his family, dropped his career. And in the moment when it counted the most, he wouldn't even acknowledge him. What has or what is <clears throat> causing distance in your relationship? See, for so long I let, I let the church thing cause distance. We let people cause distance. We let the storms of life cause distance. <clears throat> when we look at Thomas, we know him as God and Thomas. But when we first meet Thomas, when they're about to leave to go see Lazarus, the disciples said, wait, why are you going back there? They just tried to stone you. Thomas is the only one that spoke up and said, let us go with him that we might die with him. There's no doubt in that statement. But we let a moment define the rest of his life. Blind Bartimaeus isn't blind. Come on. See, when I look at Thomas... <coughs> He's the one. I see him being the first one that was 100% sold out. I mean, he said, let's die for him. Let's go. At, at the beginning, he was 100% sold out. He, he put his faith, he put his trust in Jesus. And he just saw the one he put his trust in. He just saw the one he put his faith in. He, he just saw the one that was supposed to deliver him. Die on the cross. What he thought, Jesus was letting him down. So many of us have been let down by people we look in, up to, <coughs> especially church leaders. So some of us use that as an excuse to, to fall out of distance. I've done this before. I put my hope, I put my trust, and I got hurt. I don't want to do it again. So, let me not get involved. With other people, we put walls up because we're scared to create a relationship because we've been hurt before. Well, at the time I needed this person the most, they weren't there. They didn't answer the phone. Or they said something mean to me. I needed them. Where were they? I'm not going to do that again. Romans. You're supposed to come in on a chariot and slay them all. I'm not doing that again. God, I've been struggling with this depression. I've been praying. 
I've had people pray over me. I've had ministers pray over me. I've had people prophesy into me. But it's not breaking. I'm not doing it anymore. I have no confidence in myself because of what people have said. They told me I couldn't do it. They told me I wasn't smart enough. They told me I didn't belong here. I didn't belong anywhere. I'm not doing it anymore. When I got saved, I got prophesied over that I was supposed to see my family saved and set free, and I was supposed to touch my school, and <clears throat> I was supposed to, to travel and see people heal. But all I face is hell, all I fight is hell. Nothing has gone right. It doesn't look like I'm walking in my purpose. It doesn't look like this is your plan. I'm not doing it anymore. I can't. And a lot of, we make fun of Thomas for doubting, but a lot of us find us, ourselves in the same situation. Yeah, that's right. Unless I see that breakthrough happen, I'm not going to believe. Well, you're never going to see it happen that way. <clears throat> we let a moment in our, in our past be our identity for the rest of our life. And it causes distance. We let what other people say keep us from walking in our identity and walking in our purpose. See, if the enemy can't stop you from becoming a Christian, he'll do his best to try to convince you of what one should look like. Henceforth, religion. See, Jordan, this is what a preacher is supposed to do. This is what a leader is supposed to do. Now, don't, don't worry about reading or praying today. That's not the important part. You know, we're, you're supposed to keep up a certain image on Facebook. You know, post Christian clothes and go to all the conferences, listen to all the all the good sermons, all the sermons that make the hair stand up on you. Don't worry about the the secret place. Don't worry about the altar. See, you need to focus. You see all these people coming to us that you need to focus on. No, no, don't worry about don't worry about your quiet time. Focus on how you can get people to come down. Focus on how you can grow your church. Jesus said, If my name be lifted up, then I will draw all men unto me. And I found myself like Peter, in a place where I was weeping bitterly. Because I had no relationship. <clears throat> I, didn't, I didn't know my identity 100%. I 
See, the enemy tries to make you fit in the system of religion. Religion teaches us grace as an excuse to live however we want to, but relationship teaches grace actually empowers us to live holy. See, religion teaches, oh, don't do that, you might go to hell. Relationship teaches me I don't want to do that because I don't want to cause distance. See, Peter found himself warming himself by a fire, a lesser flame, and the all-consuming one was standing right there. A lot of times we find ourselves warming ourselves by lesser flames, by lesser things, when we should be going after the all-consuming one. And once you've tasted the all-consuming one, you'll never be satisfied by the lesser flame. And that's why Peter went bitterly. That's why I found myself in a place I didn't want to be in. Because I knew what the all-consuming tasted like. You know, I went to a conference and I did the lifestyle for three weeks or a month, two months. If you get the really good Christian kids, three months. But I found myself being unsatisfied. <clears throat> because there's a certain satisfaction that can only come from the, the intimate, the face to face. That's why marriage is so special. It's the intimate. You get to know your partner. Well, you can't know God if you don't spend one on one time with him. I'm trying to close, I promise. We should be so impregnated with Jesus that we birth an outward expression. Come on. Yeah. <clears throat> That's why when we grow or we go to the next level, we also go through struggle. Because yeah. it's birthing pains. God's trying to birth something. That's right. Oh, that's right. And the enemy's trying to stop it. Yeah. See, when I was born, my mom was in labor for 36 hours. I flipped over, wrapped the umbilical cord around my head, and cut off my oxygen. The devil should have had me when he, or should have killed me when he had the chance. Yeah. Could see if he could have stopped me from even being born. See, the devil can can stop that gifting from ever yeah. maturing. <clears throat> if he can stop you from ever fully walking in your purpose. Because it's not just about you, it's about the people that you're supposed to touch. That's right, that's right. See, for the longest time, I thought it was about me, or I, you know, I thought it was about the leader. But it's, it's really not about them, it's about everybody they're supposed to touch. See, the devil's not fighting me for me, he's fighting me for who I'm supposed to touch. Right, yes. When it became costly, Peter, I'm not doing this anymore. But see, when it becomes costly, that's when it becomes Christianity. 
We, we do the church thing because we want to be cool. Well, when it becomes costly, that's when it becomes cool. I'm going to go ahead and ask you whoever to come play the piano as I, as I close. <coughs> Well, Jordan, what does this have to do with the revival? What does this have to do with deeper? See, to go deeper, you've got to, to go deeper in God or, or to learn more about God, you've got to spend time with Him. Right. You've got to be in an intimate place. See, in, in the prayer closet, that's where your roots are produced. Right. That's, that's right. where you establish yes. roots. That's where your identity is formed. Yes. And see, Ruth, because of covenant, scholars believe because of Jewish agricultural traditions and customs, custom, scholars believe <coughs> the field that she was gleaning in, that she went to owning, was the same field that David was playing the harp in. The same field where David established relationship. The same field where David found victory against the lion. Where David learned how to worship. Which is also the same field that the shepherds were in when the angels showed up and said this day he is in the Lord. That's right. We're going to go ahead and ask everyone to stand. So we see because because of Ruth's relationship to Naomi and because she was in the alignment she begins her relationship with Boaz. And because of her covenant with Boaz, she ends up owning the place she used to pick straps off of. And then that also becomes the place where the guy who's called a man after God's own heart is established, which is also the place for the announcement that the king was born. See, Ruth, because of covenant, found herself in the bloodline of Jesus. That's right. <clears throat> so tonight,